If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, play the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, your home for radio without commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Commercial-free radio. Commercial-free radio and variety. Variety, variety, variety. You want it? We got it. That's right. You name it, it's here. Yeah. Um, This is the show, in this case, called Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, where we, Josh Rubin and... Noel Deneen. ...sit down in a basement, not in Brooklyn, and bat around. Yeah. Brilliant ideas. Great, great ones. Express ourselves intellectually. Yep. Around a certain subject matter. Finance. <laughs> and the ways you can make money from that subject. That's right. Incredible ideas thinking outside of the box because there's no box that can hold us. No. We have too much financial ideas for that financial box. It's like Schrodinger's ideas. Yeah. Is that cat dead? <laughs> Those ideas <laughs> dead? <laughs> They're both dead and alive, it uh-huh, turns out. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, we put them out into the uh, uh, ether. That's right. Where you can listen to them uh, on your computer, on your phone, yeah, on your uh, various listening devices. Your watch. Your watch, your Walkman, yeah. your uh, stereo hi-fi systems, uh-huh. your uh, portable radios. Uh-huh. Amazon Echo. Whatever that is. Yeah. And uh, you take those ideas, you action them, you get incredibly... Super rich. Painfully. Mega rich. Excruciatingly. Fantastically rich. And all we ask in return, Noel Deneen. We ask 10%. You are, Don't forget where you came from. You give us 10%. You tithe us. The Divine Church of GRQ with Josh and Noel. That's right. Everyone's happy. Yep. And everyone goes to heaven, and by heaven, we mean the bank. <laughs> that's true. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's it. That yep. sums it up yep. in a nutshell. Yep, sure does. A very big nutshell, because that took a while. Yeah. But that's how we do. We fill. Yeah. Um, Noel Deneen, how are you this week, my friend? I'm good. That's good. Anything new and different with you? Uh, well, I was thinking about something the other day. Mm, uh, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> so I was thinking about, so it, a few episodes ago, uh-huh. Uh we discussed uh what we'll call the the salami incident where uh <laughs> I brought salami to a party uh-huh. and you ridiculed me about that salami and I was thinking about how I love how you dwell on these well, things. Well, I was thinking about how that has gone on way too long uh-huh. and I, it it reminded me so of So you brought me a salami. Well, like, hey. Uh it reminded me of that uh Happy Days episode where uh, everyone was kind of suspecting that the show, like our argument, had gone on too long, <laughs> and then Fonzie actually jumped a shark uh-huh. on his motorcycle, uh, and then in, at that moment, everyone collectively said, oh yeah, it's done. 
So I figured, how can I make... And it became the collective term for it, when a show became, has yeah, it jumped finally the uh, reached its its uh, tipping point. Yeah. Or a saying or, the shark. A, or a salami argument. Um, so I figured, how can I make our salami argument jump the shark? I thought you said it already had jumped the no, shark. No, I, I feel like it was ripe to. Oh, okay. But you got to you gotta do the one thing where everyone says, oh, yeah, it's done. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, so... Uh, as you uh, alluded to, <laughs> here you go, Josh. I got you a giant fucking he Hungarian did. salami. I am standing here looking at a two-pound salami, a two-pound Hungarian-style salami from Telly Salami. Yep, which I hid in my bag for how long? Is this from the original? Is this? It would no, be no, even no, better I, if they I, had I made been... an, I made another order this week. Oh, okay. So I got another one of these myself, and I got one. They also make a Romanian one. I don't oh. ever taste a Romanian salami, but I have two pounds of it. <laughs> so I have four pounds of salami. You have two pounds of salami. If you want to still belittle me, if well, you want to get a taste of Romanian salami without uh-huh. eating two pounds of it, I'm a quarter Romanian. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah. So there you go. Um... Yeah, that's great. I thank you. I mean, it doesn't. While I appreciate this, uh-huh. and Deb and I will really enjoy the salami because I remember yeah. how good that little taste I got of that salami yeah. was. Uh, it still doesn't. It does. I own your ass now. <laughs> it still doesn't <laughs> do away the fact that you bought like yeah, you now two inches of salami to a party for fifty teat. people. Well, thank you. That's a beautiful gift. It I is. appreciate great, it. Right? It is. I, I, you know, I've given you salami as a gift. You have for your birthday a I whole like a whole coterie of Eastern European delicacies, mm-hmm. both uh, home slash artisanally made, yeah, and uh, shop made. And uh, now I feel the love back. So there you and, go. As I hold on to, I'll be waving my two pound salami at you uh, the entire time. While it, that took that story took a different turn uh-huh. <clears throat> than I expected. Uh-huh. Although clearly, I, I. Uh, I blew your surprise by shouting it out in the middle of the story. And he did not know that I had the salami I didn't, at the I time. I didn't know. He was just um, using my... He was trying to make me feel bad for not giving him a salami. Incredible deductive skills. Um, <clears throat> that does tie into your story. Uh-huh. Ties into our, uh, our uh, topic today. That's right. Because our topic today is... It is sharks. That's right, folks. Sharks. How to get rich with them. That's the, right. The killers of the sea. That's right. Super predators. That's right. Don't be a chicken in the sea. No. Because they'll find you and eat you. Yeah. There are no, there's only one predator of sharks, and that's us. Man. Man. That's right. Nothing else gets sharks. People, you know, dolphins will defend against sharks. Yeah. But uh, they don't don't hunt sharks. No. But sharks, sharks hunt everything. Everything, including man. That's right. That's right. Land shark. Lanch shark. <laughs> yep. Um, so sharks in old Denine. Yeah. Getting rich off of sharks. Okay. You want to hear it? No. Okay. In fact, I don't even want to discuss the topic at oh, all today. Uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and chit-chat. <laughs> We're done with it. <laughs> yes. Let me hear what you got, Noel. Okay. I got some uh, solid shark gold this week. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, guys, sharks. They've been around for about 450 million years. And in that time, they have not evolved very much. They, they slightly they have, but uh, yeah. but surprisingly little compared to everything else. Sharks and uh, alligators, right? Yeah, aren't they sort of the closest things to uh, dinosaurs that we still have alive? I think so. Yeah. And uh, the reason 
that they have not evolved much is because they are what's known as the perfect predator. So they had no need to evolve, <clears throat> right? Uh, there, there was some changes. I know I read something that their great white's teeth became serrated at one point uh, where they weren't before that. Uh, so there were some changes, but, but compared to everything else, they've hardly evolved at all. Uh, so what makes them the perfect tr- predator, the super predator, is because they have fast twitch muscles. They have a cartilage skeleton, which is lighter, more flexible, and less prone to disease. Did you know that because they have a cartilage skeleton, uh, that means they have no rib cage protecting their organs? Okay. And that if you pull a shark up onto land, a large shark up onto land, they can crush their own organs under their weight? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I like it. Uh, they have endless teeth. A single shark may lose up to 30 thousand teeth in their life it's amazing yeah have you ever seen a shark's jaw like the where you know Mm -hmm. that's one thing that they always pull from sharks and it has the rows and rows of teeth going back great uh they have extremely tough skin uh i read something saying that if you make a pair of shoes with shark skin it lasts uh over four times longer than than traditional leather in Um, japan mm -hmm. uh fresh wasabi is traditionally grated on a shark skin grater. Oh wow! Because it's the the texture is like sandpaper, like a very fine sandpaper. Uh-huh. So you get a really beautiful paste out of it. Okay. Continue. Okay. I've got all sorts of little. I'm okay. going to just be filling you out. All right. Um, they uh have super senses. They can detect one part per million of blood and water. They have great hearing, good night vision. They have electroreceptors to locate prey, and can detect. Uh, detect minute vi- vibrations in the water. Funny mentioning of electroreceptors, Noel. Uh-huh. Did you know that? So, <laughs> <laughs> what's up, Cliff Clavin? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that uh, they have to for uh, all fiber optic cable that's run in the ocean? They have to wrap it in Kevlar because sharks basically floss with it. They chew on it. It's a chew toy for sharks uh-huh. because they're, uh, my assumption is, they claim they don't know why, but my assumption is, you know, forever people used to think that sharks would, uh, it was their sense of smell uh-huh. that drew them to their prey, but more and more the belief is that it's the uh, their sense of electrical uh, stimulation okay. and that that's what they're attracted to, the electrical stimulation and the fiber optics. So continue, Noel. Okay. So, so that is what makes them the perfect predator. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sidebar. In the 1970s, U.S. fish farmers began importing Asian carp to help uh, clean their ponds. Right. Right? They would go down and they would <clears throat> uh, eat the, the poop or whatever mm-hmm. of the other fish. And uh, somehow, probably through flooding or something like that, they escaped and began appearing in the Mississippi in the 1990s. Uh, and since then, they have flourished, moved up the Mississippi and adjoining river. They're horrible for their environment and the ecosystems. Uh, they threaten the Great Lakes now. Uh, and have you ever seen any videos of these? Are we talking about the like the giant kois, the jumping, or are those the are those the are are you talking about? Uh... Are the Asian carp also the same thing as the dragonfish? I uh, no, that have taken over snakehead. You're thinking snakehead. Yeah, no, yeah, that's they, different. They're different than the snakehead, uh, but they are. If you want to have a great time, mm-hmm. look up YouTube videos of these Asian carps. Okay, because they they get scared. 
by boats. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there'll be a boat on the Mississippi. Uh-huh. And suddenly there are hundreds of them flying through the air and trying to escape. Just jumping. They can jump uh eight to ten feet out of the water. Uh they are a huge source of injuries to boaters, including uh <coughs> cuts, black eyes, broken bones, they back injuries, people? and concussions. Yeah. Wow. They need. Did they get really big? Uh they're 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 not giant. They're not like as big as a tuna or anything uh-huh. like that. But they're, but they're a good size, like a big koi fish, like right? Because those yeah. are carp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they get a good size, like yeah. a like a trout. I'm just saying, you know? if you're going to break a bone, it's got to be a pretty hefty. Uh... Yeah. Well, you got you got to look at these videos. Okay. They, they go flying. It's crazy town. Uh, so they need a super predator, obviously, right? Uh, and chemically, but the body chemistry of a <clears> shark, <throat> uh, they're okay in salt or fresh water, uh, but. They can't maintain their buoyancy in fresh water. Oh, they sink. Okay. Except for bull sharks. And bull sharks uh, have the ability to fatten their livers to retain buoyancy in fresh water. It slows them down a bit. Their senses are slightly senses are slightly dulled, makes it harder to reproduce, and it gives them giant fatty livers, but they're able to do this and uh, maintain their buoyancy in fresh water. So what you got to do, you got to bring bull sharks to the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You're going to take care of the Asian carp <laughs> invasion. You're going to get all sorts <laughs> of EPA money, all sorts of. Uh... You know, the Mississippi River isn't just in Mississippi. Why well, not? Okay. It's the, the, the real crazy videos is in Mississippi or no, in Mississippi? Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just the Mississippi, too. They've all gone into the uh, tributaries to the Mississippi. Uh, and as I said, they're now getting into the Great Lakes. So uh, lots of money. Great Lakes, you get two countries paying you. Uh, <laughs> you do? You get some Canadian yeah, money, no. you get some American money. Yeah. Um, and you'll be saving these ecosystems. Bull sharks are really huge, though, aren't they? I don't know. I feel like the bull shark is a really big shark. Uh, I don't know. I'm... Even if it is. Uh, and, and, you know, so... An extra bonus here, too, is you won't be replacing one problem with another because, as we said, in the fresh water, they're slowed down. They won't reproduce like crazy and make a brand new problem. Uh, So they won't be able to eat all our kids. They won't be able to have all that many kids. And uh, extra super bonus. We're going to get double paid here now. Okay. Uh, as we said, because they're in fresh water, they will develop giant oily livers. Shark liver oil is used oh. on cancer patients to, cre- to treat both the cancer and protect from the treatments of cancer, like the chemo gotcha. and things like yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, also used for swine flu. And they've discovered fairly recently in the past few years that shark liver oil contains an antibiotic that scientists believe will revolutionize medicine. Uh, and it's called squalamine. Mm-hmm. And it's been tested safe in humans. And so by the time the research will be complete and drug companies will be able to ramp up production, you, and you alone, dear listener, 
will be the fatty shark liver king of the Mississippi, and you'll be getting EPA money, mm-hmm. U.S. money. You'll be getting Canada money, and you'll be getting Pfizer money. You'll be getting paid every way you look, saving the world, saving the environment, making the Mississippi a little more adventurous. Yeah. <laughs> so can I say just because I, I wanted to see what a bull shark because I had a different shark in my head uh-huh. that I thought was the bull shark. So I looked it up and just real quick, um, you're like kind of on the money with this. Oh, yeah. Apparently bull sharks have been seen traveling as far up the Mississippi River as Illinois. OK. Um, <clears throat> they. uh Although they are, the one thing about them is they are pretty big, um, and they are the considered on the list of sharks, mm-hmm. like dangerous sharks and interactions with humans, dangerous interactions with humans are number three. Yeah, but they slowed down. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. You know what? We'll lose. We'll lose a few. Mm-hmm. And if you any any sort of uh, estuary and uh, river attack of a shark you've ever heard of is probably a bull shark. Okay. <laughs> but I think that's uh, I think you've got uh, solid stuff here. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you 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 are in the mind of the bull shark. Yeah. If you you they already are traveling up the Mississippi. Well, because they're the only shark <clears throat> that that can mm-hmm. do something like that. Yeah. But but you can really populate it. Yeah. You absolutely sh- and you should. And the Great Lakes. Yeah. People don't swim in those things anyway, right? You know what? Uh, Lake Ontario, in Toronto, is constantly getting <clears throat> shut down because. Uh, it, of bull sharks? No, because it it's a shallow lake, and so it really heats up a lot in the summer, and uh, you know people love putting poop in there, and then that just goes crazy, <laughs> and basically you'll get E. coli if you go swimming in the summer. They like putting poop in people there. People love putting. It's interesting in that you say that about it being shallow and warm because uh-huh. that is exactly what bull sharks love. They love shallow water and they love warm water. Yeah. So, I mean, you could infest Lake Ontario. Yeah. And they'll probably eat all that floating poop when they get hungry enough after they eat all the carp. They will. Oh. Wow. See? You've got a whole thing going. And then the and then what you can do then uh-huh. is you can open up a sea world in Lake Ontario. You could do that, too, as long as once they get big and fat enough, you chop out those livers and sell them to Pfizer right. or so, wh- whatever drug Whatever. Company. That's solid. Yeah. Solid. I like that one, Noel. I like that one, Noel. I guess I'll go now. Okay. I guess it's my turn. It's your turn, Josh. Uh, let me ask you a question, Noel. All right. This may sound off topic. Okay. But it's actually not. Have you ever heard of retrospective voting? Uh, no. Okay. Well, retrospective voting is a theory on uh, the way people vote that presumes that people are more concerned with policy outcomes than policy instruments. Mm-hmm. Meaning that when it's time for people to vote, people will look at how they are doing now mm-hmm. versus how they were doing then, regardless of the policies or platforms that the person ran on, the incumbent ran on. And if they feel they're doing better, then to them that means that the incumbent has been successful. Okay. And they will vote for that person again regardless. Okay. Okay? So if I, if I run on, I'm going to uh, <clears throat> cut taxes for the rich. I'm going to clean up the environment. I'm going to put men on Mars. 
and four years later, I've done none of that. I've given <coughs> all the money to the rich people, uh-huh. uh, but but you're doing better. You're still going to vote for me, probably. Okay, most people. I mean, that's that's yeah. what it is, right? I get it. So so that's what you know. A perfect example of that is Bill Clinton. Yeah. Right. You know, he ran on whatever his policies were. The reason he got voted in for the second term was because he basically ran on the fact that the economy had completely turned around, mm-hmm. which was not necessarily by anything that he did. Right. It, it, it's pretty much considered that there was an upturn in the economy that was happening after several sure. years yeah. and 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 uh, 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 several pre- presidents that had lined up and we were going through a major upswing to a peak. Yeah. And he rode that popped that and, you know, took responsibility for it, claimed that is his and then rode that into uh, a second wave. And, you know, in theoretically would have uh, should have gotten us uh, uh, President, uh, what's his name, who no one remembers now? Gore. Gore. Yeah. But didn't because of various things. But so that has been a pretty standard thought process of of how people vote and why people vote mm-hmm. uh, and why people change their votes uh, than anything else for the past 30 or 40 years now. Well, in 2012, a couple of young uh, uh, professors, one from uh, uh, Princeton and the other from Vanderbilt named Christopher Aitchen and Larry Bartels uh, challenged this idea. And they published a pa- paper and they, uh, their idea was, their argument was that the connection between incumbents' performance and uh, voters' subjective well-being is likely to be highly random and incumbents often get rewarded or punished for events beyond their control. Okay. So they use examples from history like droughts and famine, famine, more recent things like uh uh international oil price shop shocks either up or down, mm-hmm. right, which we which our presidents have no control over the price of oil. Sure. Right? It's entirely controlled by OPEC and, you know, major oil corporations around the world. Um but the main example they use, and they actually use it, it's such the main example that they use it as part of the title of their paper, um, is about what they consider uh, uh, the thing that ruined Woodrow Wilson's reelection campaign in 1916, which was a series of shark attacks mm-hmm. along the Jersey Shore. At that point, um, that summer, uh, Wilson had made a summer White House down in Asbury Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been uh, the president of Princeton. He had been a governor of Jersey. He was a hometown boy. He had won in his first election, won Jersey hands down. Yeah. Home state just killed it there. Um, his secretary of state, had a summer home on the coast and he was there and uh his number one aide de camp uh had also been staying there Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of federal personage down there from the highest levels um that summer during july 4th weekend during the long weekend there was a massive shark series of shark attacks that spanned a week um at that point no one had even thought sharks had gone that far up north Mm -hmm. uh Five people were killed, two were severely injured, and th- two of the people killed were children. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It was the deadliest shark attack at the time in the history of the country. And the shark hunt that went in to it uh, made headlines in across the country. Okay. There was even headlines in San Francisco, Nebraska, <clears throat> around the country. Uh, because of this, and uh, eventually they caught the shark. They're pretty sure it was the shark that had, they found a great white that they cut open and there were human uh, rem- uh, bones in it. And mm-hmm. they assumed that was it. But the, the shark hunt took two to three weeks. And eventually the uh, 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 shark attack stopped. But it uh, killed uh, all of the business on the shore that summer. Uh, $1916, over a million dollars was lost by uh-huh. resorts and neighborhoods, which you can imagine what that, I mean, we're talking. $28 billion. Something I like that. <laughs> exactly. No, you're absolutely right. Um, so what ended up happening was is that the, all of the resorts along the shore came together and asked the federal for f- some federal help, right? Yeah. There was no FEMA at the time. There was no disaster relief. And they there were no agencies in place to help with stuff like this. So, And there was nothing that the government could do, the federal government can do. Um, so they went back and looked at this and looked at this effect on the election. Did this have an effect on the election? And this is what they saw. So first, the attacks caused several deaths plus considerable emotional and financial distress to short communities. Second, the election occurred just a few months after the summer event, increasing the likelihood that they would be fresh in the minds of the voters as they went to the polls. Third, high federal officials were present present at the scene from the beginning, reinforcing the notion that the federal government should have done something to deal with the crisis. The fact that no government has any influence over sharks in any way, shape, or form (laughs) should have made it all relevant. Yeah. But their research, when looking at the polls and the voting in these towns that in the previous election had voted like 80% for Wilson— showed otherwise, and his numbers, he actually lost all of these counties, specifically because they blamed him, the federal government, for uh, not doing anything about these shark attacks. Yeah. Even though, at that point, it was 1916, there was no technology, mm-hmm. right, as we know it today. There were had never been any shark attacks on the Jersey Shore prior, so they never, it wasn't like, like say, Florida, where there were always shark attacks and still are always shark attacks. And so they actually troll uh-huh. for sharks and they put up netting and, yeah. you know, they things of that nature. Wall. Exactly. There was none of that, right? But that, who knew? Yeah. But he ended up losing New Jersey, right? And lost the election. Okay. Okay. So I was like, wow, that's really interesting. How does that work for us? Well, then I was looking at, I remember reading, uh, about this company that Trump used and that the the Brexiters used as well. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's called uh, Cambridge Analytica. Okay. So <clears throat> Cambridge Analytica is this deep data mining company that takes individual data. I mean, they go through people's data like crazy mm-hmm. and they make psychographs on individuals and they then take those psychographs and they figure out whether you're the type of person who would vote this way or that way. Yeah. And then they target you directly through all of social media, all of your social media workings, uh, and inundate you with 
anti whatever they want you to be against, mm-hmm. right? So in the case of Brexit, it was pro-Brexit, pro-Brexit, anti-immigrant, anti-EU, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> it worked so well for Brexit, and they really credited Cambridge Analytica for uh, <clears throat> for basically making Brexit happen that when Farage came and visited Trump and Bannon, Mm -hmm. he gave them their information. They hired Cambridge Analytica, and that was when you started to see the swing, Uh right? Cambridge Analytica charges tens upon tens of millions of dollars for their stuff, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, right? You know, whatever they do, because they have... You know, massive offices, they have guys just pouring over computers, all the, you know, geniuses there making, you know, psychographs of individuals, you know, just constantly working. These offices are working 24-7, pumping people for the... I think the Trump campaign ended up spending, from what I heard, the rumors are like about $100 million on Cambridge Analytica for, what, five, six months of work, really? Um, And they won the election. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Sure. But that's spread around a lot of people in a lot of places. Yeah. So looking at the research that we saw these guys do about uh, what they call, uh, I don't remember what they call it. Okay. But whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, and the effects that these shark attacks had on Wilson and incumbent, would have on any incumbent president really. Mm-hmm. What I think you need to do out there, listeners, and this is all it's going to take. It's going to take a boat, Mm -hmm. a couple cages, and maybe five or six really hungry sharks. Some chum. Some chum, yeah. And, you know, maybe two or three employees to chum the water, help you capture the sharks, release the sharks. You don't have to collect them, but you hit all the Gulf states. Yep. All those heavy red Gulf states. Sure. That went, Alabama. Alabama, Florida, yep. Louisiana, Mississippi, yep. Texas, Texas, right? Yeah. And you let those sharks out a few months before election yeah. time. A little bit here and there. Right? You get the Democrats to pay you 60, 70, 80, 90 million dollars. Yep. You let those sharks go. They do their thing. Yeah. Trump is gone. <laughs> right? It's been proven. Yeah. Trump is gone. Yeah. You, he, you, if he lost Texas, Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't even been close. Yeah. I think I said Florida. If he had just lost Florida, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Right? <sighs> Right, so it doesn't even have to be uber successful in all of them. If he, if he, if three of those five states yeah. had swung, it wouldn't even been a contest. So that's it, man. Yeah, you can pay your guys like a million bucks a piece and still walk out never having to work again. Yeah, for you know what, a week to track the sharks. Then you can double dip. You double dip by hunting the sharks. Yeah, by becoming the shark hunter. Yeah. Make a little extra pocket change. Boom. Yeah. So there you go. I like it. Yeah. Wow. Thinking big. Both of us. Yeah. We're changing the world. That's right. You thought sharks would just be cool. They are, but they're they're not just. They are super cool. They are super cool. 
Yeah. Sharks are super. There's no reason for sharks, which is the other thing as well. What do you mean? They don't. There's, as I understand it, with sharks, their purpose of just sort of you know they're super predators, right? They just yeah. eat shit. Yeah. But in this day and age, there's no real need for them. There's nothing that they're controlling that humans aren't already destroying. Humans are a blip on their existence. I understand that, but that's not my point. They're kind of a, uh, they're redundant. Okay. You know, if you got rid of all the sharks, there's not necessarily anything that would change because uh, of that. You think that now, but maybe it, the Kraken would awaken and say oh. the seas are safe. Well, there's the, no- <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. Maybe that's what the sharks were. They defeated the Kraken. Yeah. They all banded together. Uh, anyway, Noel. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So, uh, you guys, sharks, they're cool. You know what else is cool? What? Our newest segment, oh, Josh and Noel Sell Out, uh, in which we explore ways where Josh and I are actively pursuing our dream of selling our souls <laughs> to be eaten by corporate America. Uh, so chum the waters. We're chumming the with waters. Our souls. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know the traditional ways. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel show page, hit the sponsor button, and. You can pledge an amount to come out on a monthly basis for the rest of the season, about five months. Half that money will go to Josh and I. Half that money will go to Radio Free Brooklyn. If you hate us, if you hate sharks, you hate cool, uh, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, hit the Donate button, and pledge a one-time or reoccurring amount to Radio Radio Free Brooklyn. Not a nickel of that will come to Josh and I. You'll get a tax break. And you can put a note saying, cancel these fools. <clears throat> they like cool sharks. Uh, <laughs> You're like a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but we know, you know, everyone knows the real money in selling your soul. It's, it's not this nickel and dime action, although we'd appreciate it. Uh, it yeah, is, even a nickel would yeah, be nice. It's this EPA money we're talking about. Yeah, it is this Pfizer money we're talking about. Yeah, it is the DNC money that we're talking about. So, uh, corporate sponsors, we will shill for you. We will say you're great, even if we hate you. If you're an anti-shark org, pay us. We'll say we hate sharks, even though they're cool. Um, <laughs> but so for now, we're starting small. We're aiming high. So. Brought to you by our first sponsor, our favorite sponsor, our only sponsor, <laughs> Mr. Monty Lamonti. Please take it away. Hey, everybody. It's your best friend, Monty Lamonti. And I'm back again with an amazing tip for you, my best friend. Are you one of these people that just waits for your opportunity to talk? Like, you don't really listen to the people you're talking to. You just wait so you can say what you have to say. If you're one of those people, know this. You're a jerk and you're selfish. And uh, just don't hang out with anybody. If that's all you're looking to do, go home and get on a chat room or start a blog. But get out of the friendship and stop wasting other people's time. You think they're wasting your time? The truth is you're wasting their time. And people, if you know people like this, just stop hanging out with them because they are a waste of time. People, as always, a positive influence in your life. And I won't waste your time. When I listen to you, I really listen. Your best friend, Monty Lamonti. And remember, if you heard this, you owe me $2. That's right. Two simple, easy dollars. You can send to me via 
PayPal at Montism. That's M-O-N-T-E-I-S-M at Yahoo.com. Thank you so much. And remember, get on a chat room. You're not a real friend. And send me that $2. I think Monty was talking about you, no. <laughs> Well, you know what? Uh, truth be told, actually, I was telling him, hey, Monty, you got anything for us? And he's like, ah, I'll think of something. And I was I was saying, like, why don't you do it up about people that don't know when to stop talking? Because <laughs> 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 I wanted to be able to make fun of him afterwards. Uh-huh. But uh, he turned it around and turned it on me and people who don't want to be able to talk. Yeah, so he was talking about he, you. He probably was this yeah. time. Uh, Every time. I better go on my chat room. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you enjoy your 4chan, Noel Deneen. That's right. Uh, so, you guys, every week we have a topic, and on that topic we give you ideas to get so rich. This week it's Awesome Cool Sharks. Also, in that episode... We had another little minnow of an idea for you to make even more money. So if you're uh, baiting the line, if you're uh, chopping up some chum, listen to this. Come back later. Listen to the rest of the show. Make even more money. Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. There are 10 important rules to money. Let me give you a few of these rules. Maybe they'll help you out. You have to adopt the win-win mentality. I figured out this win-win. When most people, most of my friends, it was a win-lose. You never, I mean, you never want to lose-lose. That's the worst of all scenarios. A win-lose is a little better. A win-win can be pulled off uh, so much more often than people in scarcity mentality realize. There's been times when I've been in lose-lose. I've been in situations where it's win-lose, but the majority of your life, I say 85% of your life, should be spent in a win-win scenario. Yeah. So yeah. 85% of your life should be spent in a win-win scenario. Yeah. Don't, the worst, the lose-lose. Yeah, don't do that. Win-win, guys. <laughs> this guy makes like $20 million a year doling out that kind of fine advice. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention his name. Okay, good. I don't good. want to send any traffic to him. Now, come to us. We got the ideas, the That's sweet, right. sweet ideas, such as this one right <laughs> now. Uh, so I, a lot of the, pro, one of the problems of uh, doing a topic of something that's 450 million years old is a lot of the stuff that you see is the same, right? Everyone knows everything about it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get something a little off the beaten track. Uh, so I was... Googling different things about sharks, and I Googled uses for a dead shark. Uh, I got lots of returns on a recent news story. Uh, one of the one of which was called "Idiot uses mouth of dead shark to open can of beer." Uh, and apparently, that was the title. Idiot uses dead mouth. Of that dead was shark. that was the headline of the article. <laughs> Idiot uses de- mouth mouth of dead shark to open a can of beer, and. Uh, Apparently, there was a video that went viral from a website called Total Frat Move, uh, <laughs> in which this like douchey frat dude on spring break in Florida uh, uses the mouth of a dead shark found on a beach to puncture his can of Michelob Ultra, and he shotguns the beer. Uh, and as I said, this thing went viral. They were extremely hated on for this video. Uh, 
one retweet of the video suggesting the kid go kill himself was retweet was retweeted itself ninety thousand times. That's insane. Yeah, the shark was already dead, right? The shark they was already dead. They, they just came across on the right. Beach. They didn't kill the shark. No, they were they were douchey, but yeah, they did not deserve the ire that they got. Right. Uh, so uh, I looked at the site. Which was the totalfratmove.com. What a great name. For <laughs> Horrible, hope. right? Yeah. Uh, and it was full of such douchey douchiness. Uh, <laughs> as you would expect. You uh, could start your own video site called Douchey Douchiness. Douchey Douchiness. <laughs> <laughs> and the douches who douche them. <laughs> uh, so it did, though, have a lot of stuff about sharks. Uh, there was a picture of a drunk dude lying on top of a dead shark. Uh, all sorts of stories about just shark attacks and shark this and shark that. And looking at it, I had to come to the realization that even though I wouldn't want to spend five minutes with anyone on this website, if I do, <coughs> I should just talk to them about sharks because sharks are cool. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and face it. Sharks are rock and roll, you know? Yeah, they are rock and roll. They are the rock and roll of animals. Um, It's the reason we have... It's the only reason why we have things in our culture now like Sharknado, Mm -hmm. Shark Week, Mm -hmm. uh, the Austin Powers line with about the sharks with the freaking laser beams that's quoted everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... and, And actually, on that stuff too... I don't know if you came across this Googling about sharks, but there's all these science lessons plans having to do with shark related that are meant for people to have their kids do or their classes do during Shark Week. Shark Week is that popular. Shark Week is hugely popular. Yeah. I found anything having to do with sharks. Yeah. Every top hit that like the top the first page is entirely like now that Shark Week's over, yeah, or yeah. you know, you know, in preparation for Shark Week, yeah. So, um, <coughs> uh, so an example of how much more sharks are popular than they used to be: uh, the mechanical shark from Jaws, aka Bruce. It ended up in a San Fernando Valley dump. Wow! Really? Yeah. In 1990. They hung it over the entrance, and they called him Junkyard Bruce. And it was tracked down by a fan of Jaws in 2002. And he started a, uh, a movement to try and rescue it. Last year, it was donated to the Academy of Motion Pictures, and Arts and Science, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. You know, Ampus. Yeah. That's exactly what it's called. Uh, and so n- right now, it's getting rehabbed. And next year, it will be a main exhibit in the Academy Museum. Did you ever go on the Universal Studio tour in, in L.A. when you were a kid? Nope. I did it when I was, a, when, and it was not long after. It was maybe a few years after Jaws came out. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the tour. You'd be on your little, in the little tram doing the tour, and you'd end up driving over this big pond, and then suddenly Bruce would shoot out of the water uh-huh. coming at you, and everyone would scream. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, giant shark. Um, so... Uh, so that's just an example of how sharks have gone from this famous shark was in a junkyard 
mm-hmm. and now it is going to be like the cornerstone of this museum, basically. Um, so I was just thinking about that, and I was thinking about that shark, and I was thinking, how cool would it be to be able to ride that shark? You know? Like a mechanical bull. Like a mechanical bull. Exactly what I said, <laughs> like a mechanical bull. Uh, a lot of people get hurt on mechan- mechanical bulls, though, and they, they have really? gone. Oh yeah, a lot of people get hurt on those. Even things. with all that padding, yeah. I guess you ram in your uh, junk. Yeah, and and they've gone out of style. So I looked up the prices of old mechanical bulls, and uh, you can get them from between forty five hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. Hmm. And but if you look at them, ninety nine percent of them. It's 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 giant inflatable ring. It's all the ring to prevent you from getting hurt. Uh huh. And the bull inside is just this little thing. Uh so this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna put this in your beach bar, in your lakeside resort, uh, in the Mississippi. It doesn't matter. Well, uh, you'll have actual real bull sharks in the Mississippi at that point. Yeah, you will, and you can fence it off. So <laughs> bull sharks will be out there outside oh, of the okay, gate. And you're yeah. in the middle, and uh-huh. you've got a. You've got basically <coughs> the shark from Jaws mm-hmm. uh, made out of an old mechanical bull in the water. You could even put it in one of those above-ground pools. Um, and uh, people pay money. They get on that thing. They show how tough they are. They live like a rock star for a few minutes. And uh, your establishment rakes it in. You become mega famous. I think that's a solid idea. And mega rich. Yeah. And no. if people fall off, you don't have to worry about them getting flung into the bar and breaking an arm. They're landing in water. <clears throat> yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Because people, I mean, it's true. When people fall from a hydra at a force on water, mm-hmm. they never hurt themselves. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Well, you know what I mean. Uh, you will have these frat boy douches from totalfratmove.com mm-hmm. <laughs> lining up around the corner. Uh-huh. So put them on the Jersey Shore. Yeah. You can put bottle openers in the sharks' mouths. <laughs> yeah, you and can do they that. can pop their bottles and not worry about being vilified for it. Yeah, oh, it's a great idea. I love that idea. Yeah, Nickelodeon so, Ultra will sponsor you. <clears throat> so the question is: Are you the person? Either you're making you're making the sharks and selling them to establishments, or you. We have a lot of listeners. Mm-hmm. It could be your establishment. Uh, either way. It's a, it's a, as, as they say, a win-win. Yeah, it is a win-win. <laughs> if yeah, if you've got a beach bar somewhere, yeah, down on the beach mm-hmm. with a bar on the water, yeah, or you want to open one, or you want to open one, like that's your dream. Yeah, you put it in there. Oh, you yeah. want to separate yours from the pack? You put mm-hmm. a laser on it and and make it an Austin Powers theme bar. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, solid junkyard solid Bruce. Idea. Junkyard Bruce. It would be great if you could get the original or any of the original sharks. Well, okay, so the skins, other ones, at least. The, the, what happened, so the reason <clears throat> Bruce survived is Bruce was actually made of fiberglass. Okay. And the other ones were made of latex, and that disintegrated uh, it just from age. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great, Noel. I like that idea. Um, you know, I don't feel that I've done my duty on this show and if I haven't brought up an environmental topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're usually so environmental. Yeah, I'm very environmental. Yeah. And I'm very... Uh, but I want to talk about shark fin soup, No. Okay. So the origins of shark fin soup dates back over a thousand years. Uh-huh. 
Uh, it was originally created for the Emperor Taizu of the Northern Provinces. <coughs> and it was used by him uh, to impress. It was always used in massive state dinners. Mm-hmm. Anytime there were people of note that would come to visit, shark fin soup was served. And in China, it has culturally always represented wealth and prosperity and has been an essential part of their culture, particularly around the New Year. Um, <clears throat> shark's fin itself has no real favor, flavor. The fin is all cartilage, and it's used primarily for its texture and its thickening properties. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, there are over 100 million sharks killed in in worldwide every year 100 million of those 100 million 73 million almost 3 quarters of them are killed solely for their fin wow and what they do with these sharks is they pull them up they cut their fins off while they're still alive and then just throw the body back uh-huh. in the water because they have no fins they drown Right. The you know, the thing about sharks is they don't sleep because they need to keep moving Mm -hmm. to keep the filtering the water. So they're oxygenated. Right. Um, And so they can't move and they end up drowning to death. Seventy three million sharks a year are killed this way. The rest of the body is not used for anything. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of sharks. Yeah. It's a major environmental disaster. Someone should have come up with some other use for their body. Um, I think for the other. 27 million that's probably what i mean i'm sure they're they're cold for dangerous sharks but they i'm sure other things are used like their livers mm-hmm. and their skin and stuff but you you know a hundred million sharks worth of all that stuff they just don't think about it their boats a lot of these guys that the, the a lot of the people that are hunting these sharks mm-hmm. are small fishermen in africa um and they don't have large boats and they can't take you know, their money is in the fins, and they can take a lot more fin than they can shark if they just take the fins and dump the shark, mm-hmm. right? So now we run into a problem with this, right? The environmental groups are screaming, stop killing the shark. Shark's fin soup is stupid, mm-hmm. right? But we live in a time where acute cultural sensitivity is the norm, right? If if it's part of a culture and mm-hmm. has been for years, yep. God forbid you try to change that culture, yeah. Right. You have to respect the culture above all, mm-hmm. above all else. Don't take my potato. Right. Exactly. As an Irishman, you can't take an Irishman's potato. As a Jew, it's the matzo ball. Yeah. Who are you to make a matzo ball if you're not Jewish? Yep. That's cultural appropriation. I don't appreciate it. Yep. Okay. Um. So, I now you make. There's a lot of money in these fins, right? The the fins themselves, they dry them out. Dried sharks can fins can sell for up to seven hundred dollars a kilo, right? That's two point two pounds. Um, a bowl of soup can cost as much as a hundred twenty dollars for a bowl. Mm-hmm. There's big money going on here, big money, you know. And there's also a lot of exploitation of these African fishermen who are doing this. They're yeah, not making yeah. the money; it's no. the guys in the middle, yeah. the traders that are making the money. Trader Joe's. So I was thinking, I thought back to several things that we've done on the show. Mm-hmm. I uh the most expensive hamburger in the world. Yep. $33,000. Why? Cuz all the meat was made in a lab. Mm-hmm. Uh I did a piece uh 
I don't remember what episode where I talked about uh, growing human body parts mm -hmm. in a lab yep. and then attaching them to mice so mm -hmm. they get the blood flow and, and, and create the nerve connections and then being able to replace an ear. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, why can't we do that? If we can do it with human parts yep. that are like capillaries and uh, nerve endings and the most uh, uh, complex parts of the human system, why can't we do it with something that's just cartilage, essentially, Yeah, which is a shark's fin? So my thought was you have sharks in captivity mm -hmm. that are your hosts. Okay. Right? You create all these fins in your lab and then attach them to your host sharks who swim around until the fins are viable. Mm -hmm. Then you remove those fins, leaving the sharks. Look, you're going to have to sacrifice some sharks for the greater good. Sure. I'm not saying it's a nice life for these host One sharks. One day we'll have them just in an incubator right. by themselves. Right. There will come a point, but that's not the case right now. Or attaching to mice. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I wonder. Shark skin. Yeah, I, I think it has to, though. I do think that it has to. Could you imagine like, yeah. little shark mice? Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be amazing. It'd be a shark rat. You'd want never want to let them go. You want to hold on to them just so they have their fins and yeah. like run across your bed, and yeah. you just see da -da. the little fin. Da -da, da -da, da -da. <laughs> um, so it's not going to be great for these sharks. Yeah, but you know the greater good we're talking about yeah. here. Yeah. If you can save, if you can, if you're costing 100 million sharks to save or a, a, a million sharks to save 73 million sharks yeah seems like a good deal uh-huh um and you now have sustainable uh non-deadly shark fin for yeah. all your shark fin soup you need It'd be one thing if there was an issue with flavor with shark fin yeah right and it'd be like oh well you know like wild caught shark fin tastes much better but it doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with it. It's entirely textural, and it, the texture is disgusting. Have yeah. you had shark's fin soup? I have not. I can tell you it's fucking gross. Okay. Um, it's sort of gummy but dry at the same time because it's rehydrated. Yeah. It's, it's very kind of viscous in its nature. Ugh. It's really unpleasant. Um, it's almost like eating a big bowl of spit Ugh. or snot Ugh. to a certain degree. But um, yeah, really unpleasant. But that's it. That's who you are basically a shark fin farmer. Yeah, I like it. And, and uh, you could <clears throat> you could hire those those African fishermen, give them a living live wage, and uh... well, you definitely want to do something like this in a place where there's no regulation. Yeah, right. So it's like you know you're perfectly doing it someplace like Somalia, right? Uh, uh -huh. Where you know you just hire a bunch of guards and you pay people a living wage for Somalia, which is still cheaper than anything else around here. And then you ship it all off to uh, ship it all off to China. Yeah, and you live like a king. Yeah, like a king. Like a king. I like it. And better than that, you cut out the middlemen. Yeah, who are the scumbags? The Trader Joe's. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, that's fantastic. If you want to write Josh and tell him how great you think his idea is, you can get him on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. You can email him at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. Or you can Facebook him at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go on iTunes. You can subscribe, rate, review, and say, hey, Josh, great idea. Uh, if you only listen to Josh on uh, on the podcast, you can tune in Saturday nights, 8 o'clock on Radio Free Brooklyn. Get the ideas of Josh's five days before anyone else. You can also listen to all the other shows that surround us, such as uh, before Art Star Scene. Art Star Scene. Afterwards, we've got Trippin' Beats. Uh, 
yeah, a lot of good stuff going mm-hmm. on. Stick around, give him some money, give him some love. Uh, you know, guys, we got a lot of money in our pockets, and uh, it's going to eat us like a shark if we don't do something with it. So, what, Josh, tell us what we're going to do. While showering is something we do all the time, it can be tricky to get the temperature just right. Especially if you're using an unfamiliar shower at a hotel or a friend's house, it can seem like you're trying to solve a complex puzzle when you're fiddling with the knobs. However, if you've got $100,000 to spare, the Silver Tag Shower is a much easier to use option. Instead of manually turning a knob, you control this shower with a color touchscreen. The touchscreen controls 18 different shower heads that are aimed at certain zones on your body. These six zones are over your head, shoulders, upper torso, lower torso, upper legs, and lower legs. You can adjust the temperature and pressure of each individual zone. So if you want your body to be nice and warm, but you don't want to dry out your delicate facial skin by using hot water on it, you can just make the water from the overhead zone cool and everything else piping hot. You can also use pre-programmed sequences or design your own. And in case that isn't awesome enough, it can also be configured with lights, sounds, and even aromatherapy. There you go. I want that shower. Yeah, and you know what they mean, lower torso, upper legs. We know what they're talking about. Uh, so, you guys, we know our ideas are great. How do you know that they're worth You know, quitting your job, telling your friends to go screw themselves, leaving your family, taking out loans, but racking up your credit cards? It's because Josh scours the internet for rules of getting rich quick, to which we judge our schemes by. Josh, where do our rules come from this week? Today's rules are five golden rules that can help make you get rich from financial professional online. I'm sorry, fitness professional online. Ah, yeah. Uh, Fitness guys, best advice. (laughs) Just ask them. Yeah. Uh, Rule number one, dream big. Yeah, dream big. Dream of a day when you can ride a shark at a bar, when you can get rid of those Asian carp. Uh Uh-huh. Dream big, guys. Dream big. Dream big. Getting rid of Trump. Yeah. Dream yeah, big. Yeah, dream big. Uh, rule number two, persist. Yeah, you got to persist. Uh, otherwise, the carps are going to win. The carps. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the name of a Japanese baseball team. It should be. The carps. I think it is. Uh, and finally, I think, Noel, uh-huh. rule number three, and we've gotten this rule in a lot of them. Okay. Ready for it? Yeah. You are rich. Yep, you are rich, guys, because you've listened to us, you've taken our advice, and you have made sharks your bitch. Yeah, you are the super predator. That's right. And you are going to be rich for another 450 million years. That's right. So it looks like we're getting rich, Noel. Yep. Three for three. So Boom. once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs> Okay.